Hello and welcome back to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Spotlight series, the series where we highlight the people, the companies, and the technologies shaping the future of retail. Today's a fun one, folks. We've got another great show. We are joined today by a company that has been in the news quite frequently over the last couple months, and that is Fitmatch. We are joined today by Fitmatch's founder and CEO, Hanif Brown. Hanif, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah, I think we, we started talking, I think we met, but gosh, it was probably two or three months ago and we've been looking for a time to do this and, and, and we, we, we nailed it down. And uh, it's gonna, it's, I, think the, I think our audience is gonna like this conversation a lot because I think you're on the cutting edge of some really unique things, especially in the apparel space. Why don't we start though, where I think most of our conversations start, which is you know, in the beginning, you know, who are you? And what is FitMatch and how it all came to be? Yeah, so um, again, thank you for having me. Um, name is Hanif Brown. Um, I have a sort of normal path to founding FitMatch and a sort of weird path. Um, normal in the sense that um, I've been, in or, been around retail since I've graduated college. Um, I went to Williams um, as a math and psychology double major. So sort of had an analytical background, but like people, and decided to go in investment banking and retail um, and really loved it. I loved helping companies, seeing different uh, companies in the space grow and loved it so much. I went to a retail focused private equity firm called Freeman Spogli that invests solely in retail um, and consumer deals. So for the better part of eight to nine years, I saw everything about what was happening in retail from a very intricate diligence point of view, but also what the future of retail looked like. I learned how to like predict, you know, looking at a company today and predicting what it would look like five, seven years down the road. So in a lot of ways, um, yes, I didn't start in fashion. I didn't start in apparel, but I sort of had this affinity for the space as well as how to build companies um, within, within the arena. Um, so that that's really um, sort of led me um, uh, really into you know where we are today with Fitmatch. Yeah, and so that it, what what were some examples? I'm curious when you talk about you know you could see kind of where companies were and then where they're going. Like what was some examples that like you know you still think about or you know where you saw that kind of play out? I'm curious. Yeah, I remember one like company I worked at from. Um, or with as a portfolio company um, at my private equity firm, uh, it was a restaurant called First Watch, and right, it was a, it was a breakfast restaurant, yeah. had like 50, 60 locations, and today it has close to 450. Um, and that means over the course of our ownership, it really sort of ballooned. Um, but it really takes a lot of, um, I'd say foresight and expertise to really see what's valuable in a concept here in this small market, in this small database that you have and why the entire America would love it. Um, and so you learn a little bit about like what, what to look for, what metrics matters, what KPIs count, what makes something scalable and portable, what aspects of it are scalable and portable, at what points do you, um, turn on the engine and, and deploy more capital at what points you slow down and build it out before deploying capital. That's one example that rings true because I saw that sort of evolution as to 
hey, is this something other people outside Florida may like to now being in 25 states and everyone loves it. Um, and so that is just one tiny example of, of sort of some of the skill sets um, that you sort of learn in that space. And Hanif, I imagine you probably saw a lot of a lot of white space and areas that needed development. And I, I it sounds like Fitmatch was one of those areas. Can you talk a little bit about how you came to design this platform and a little bit about what it does? Yeah, so it came from really two things. It came from a business aha moment and it came from a personal aha moment. Um, from a business point of view, we were looking at a deal at a discount retailer that had these big contracts to absorb returns from Target and Walmart, um, mostly apparel returns, and sell it for 10, 20 cents on the dollar. And now that company is probably a half a billion dollar company. So they're really like just using the inefficiency in the market for shopping for clothes. And we we're doing diligence and I saw a Target truck pull up and just drop off a huge amount of clothes on the floor. Sure. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, God, not only just the waste, right? But like right. how many hours went into people ordering the wrong things, right? And mm-hmm. I turned to the CEO of that company. I'm like, so aren't you going to measure how many clothes they just dropped off? And he's just like, no, it's too much. It's like a waste of time. We just measured a truck in metric tons almost to get a gauge of how many returns. And this is an ongoing thing. And that was five years ago. The problem Imagine is now. probably worse today. <laughs> right. So that was one idea where it really started to like percolate my, I guess really get um, the idea going. But it was the personal one was my cousin thought it was a great idea to purchase clothes for my mom. And uh, of course, nothing fit. I mean, literally like 15 items didn't fit. And my mom said to me like, hey, can you go return them? And I was driving for like 30 minutes and I'm like, God, like, I know this is a big problem, but now it's like a personal problem. (laughs) And so those two things um, really led me down to the path of really um, building, um, learning and using some of the knowledge that I know on what retail, how retail works, how it scales, et cetera, um, and combining it with some of the ideas around what the future of shopping for clothes should look like. That's cool. We, we see all sides of the spectrum here too. When we talk to entrepreneurs like yourself, where that's a, definitely a personal moment for you, right? In terms of seeing that and then having to do those returns. Whereas we'll talk to some other people who are like, no, this was a strict math exercise. And that's, we thought that you, the TAM was this. And so we're going after it. But for you, it was more of a kind of the very salient moment in your life. What happens next though in this story, right? Is really interesting. Like, so you saw these needs, but what did you do next? Like, how did you say, I'm going to go out and capture this or or find an opportunity in this? Yeah. So, you know, next I started talking to different people in the space about different aspects, Um, started researching companies um, who are suffering from the problem as well as companies who maybe try to solve the problem. Um, And uh, just talk to many people, just talk to normal shoppers. Right. And, over and over again, I just heard this one thing, which was more simplistic than I was reading online, which is people just want to see things that fit them, right? People just want to see that one Uber car to get them from point A to point B. They don't want to see a billion things. And as I started looking at the the, item, the, the solutions on the market, I just didn't see that. 
And I met a professor at Cornell University who I pitched my idea to, and she sort of took me under her wing for about three three months up in Ithaca. Um, and she said, you know, if you move up here, I'll show you some of the body scanning technologies. I'll show you some of how 3D works. And I'll allow you to work with my PhD students um, for two or three months. And so I made the decision to sort of go back and forth between the city and Ithaca for a couple months. And um, that's really what led me to um, building a team and going after the opportunity as to where it is today. So Hanif, what was your idea when you went up to Ithaca Mm. and how did it kind of evolve into what happens today with a 3D body scan? Yeah, so when I went up to Ithaca, I already knew that, um, you know, retail as it it is today needed to evolve. Um, I had a simple premise that retail was over assortment um, and uh, it needed to be simplified. Um, There was too much clutter on floors. Uh, Even when you go to Brand's website, it was just too much. And so I have this theory that you could still use a physical retail um, landscape but it had to change. And so I knew that it was a combination of technologies that could really drive a seamless user experience where you don't have to have 10,000 square feet to serve customers um, in a store. Um, Or you can use um, physical retail to collect data and actually power the online shopping experience in better ways. So I went up there with almost a fresh mind, right? I wanted to learn. We did uh, several case studies with MBA students, a lot of surveys, a lot of drilling down into understanding what they like, what didn't fit them, why it didn't fit them, what they thought fit them. Um, But really with the mindset that I was going to use all those learnings and create a retail, a truly what I believe represents what the future of retail should look like, leveraging technology, using and leveraging the best of a physical, um, uh, the physical lens um, and as a bridge to online, which is ultimately uh, where most people would transact anyway. Hmm. So tell us more about that. So like, you know, and to set context for the audience, you know, the big announcement with that, you know, that led us to first talk to each other was the big announcement you had with Brookfield Properties about, um, you know, putting these installations into some of their locations. Um, so talk to us about that. So what, you know, how, how did everything evolve and, and what exactly walk us through it from a user perspective, you know, what exactly is happening in those Brookfield properties with FitMatch? Yeah. So how everything really evolved was, um, quite simply, we, I decided to do, um, one of our installations in a Miami location and that Miami location was owned by Brookfield. Okay. And so the local team there was like, what's this? And they sent it up to corporate and then corporate was like, what's this? And then honestly, just, um, you know, started to build a rapport with their team, started to understand what they were looking for in next, next generation retail concepts. Um, and, you know, really understand that they know what the problem is, right? They are fully aware. It affects their bottom line. And so really um, working with them um, and, and really building what this could be. So we did another project with them in Houston um, uh, last, late last year. Um, and then as the pandemic started to form, I started to see a bigger opportunity. I started to see an opportunity where we could actually go faster. 
And so what Bitmatch is today um, is, um, and we just launched the first one in Oak Brook in Chicago. Oh. Is this, it's this digital experience. Um, it's a digital store, right? Okay. And there's, no, there's minimal to no inventory. Uh, we opened in only five days of construction, so we can move very quickly. Um, our biggest need is Wi-Fi. We can do this in 300 square feet or 700 square feet or 100 square feet. So it's asset light retail. Um, and one of the things that um, we're proud of is that we can actually get customers in and out in two minutes. Mm-hmm. And so essentially the, sh- the shopping experience looks like this. You're walking in or walking by to Apple. You see this cool glass digital box with LEDs and bold signs that say, imagine a day you never have to try on clothes again. And so you walk in um, on your phone, you answer about eight questions. Um, so you text the number, you get a URL sent to you. You answer your question, you say, I'm Anne, I'm Chris, and you give us some information on yourself. You tell us what fit preferences you have. We learn about your birth year, um, your height, your weight, and so forth. And then um, you go through what we call getting fitched. Um, (laughs) It leverages 3D technology. um, And essentially in 10 seconds, we collect over 150 body measurements on you uh, it, which is sub-centimeter accurate. Um, so it leverages AI to predict um, different body marks on your body. Um, and it also sort of combines the preference data you gave us to come up with an ID. So each person that goes through the process gets this powerful ID that they can cling on to. And so now after that uh, process, you log back in on your phone. So this is about a minute maybe a minute, 30 seconds at this point. And then you see all the brands that we have partnered with. You can go to those brands immediately and we actually filter out all the things that based on your body shape and your fit preferences, but most importantly, leveraging thousands and thousands of fit data and machine learning, we can predict will not fit you. So we already know there are items on Under Armour, for example, that Chris should not buy. We already know that there are items on Ted Baker that Ann should not purchase. <laughs> and we filter those out. We don't even tell you what may be the best size because we know you're not going to like it. We know it's not going right. to So We simply hide it from plain view and then we focus you in on the items that we know will fit you 90% or better. We we sort of recommend those. We highlight them to you. And then you can do that search by a brand. Um, You can do it by category within a brand. So if you want to dress by a certain brand, you can find that and find your match that way. And then we work with brands both online and offline. So let's say Anne comes in, she does this, um, and she wants something from Express, um, and Express is in the property, Now she can just imagine she walks over to Express, she sees that dress in front of her, she checks her fit match um, credential on her phone and she sees that it's a 97% fit. Now she's left with the only thing is, do I want it, right? It's not a matter of, do I have to go to the dressing room? Should I fit it, et cetera? It's right at her fingertips. Um, And now we're working with multiple retailers like that. Or she could be at home and it's two weeks later and she wants something from Express, 
and she logs in and she goes directly to the express um, uh, uh, icon in the brand directory and she orders something that way and it's fulfilled through express.com. Right. So this is a way that it helps her both offline and online to find that right garment. Yeah, and interesting. And then I know Ann's got a question too, but I think, especially too, as you think about how malls are having to evolve in terms of their online pickup and store capabilities or even their concierge servicing capabilities. Yeah, knowing that all in advance and just being able to say through a few quick presses of the, of the on the phone, hey, I'd like these from all these different retailers in this mall, put them somewhere. I'm going to go check them out. I know they're probably going to fit me. I'm just going to feel, touch them, see if I really want to buy them and then be on my way much faster, much quicker. We'll see if the malls actually start to do those types of things. But yeah, Anne, what were you going to ask? Well, Hanif, can you just have a answer a clarifying question for me? So if when I'm done and I have my Fitched ID, which is one of the coolest uh, verbs that we've heard in 2020, I have <laughs> to say, um, am I shopping from the brands then themselves or like what's that customer experience? I know you mentioned if they're in the mall on, on property, I would just go walk to them obviously. But um, for that like two week later moment or, you know, what do I do with this ID once I have it? Yeah, so um, we have basically two sets of brands. We have an affiliate um, sort of brand and a program okay. where we actually show you what to buy from that brand. And as soon you can add to cart, you can build your um, favorites from that brand. And then once you're ready to purchase, we redirect you exactly to that link, exactly to that size, and you check out. And we're actually working on more seamless ways through Apple Pay, PayPal, to make that a one sort of stop experience. Mm -hmm. But over time, and um, for several of our brands, we're actually going to be integrated into the site, okay. right? And so essentially you can just go directly to that brand's website. The API will realize your and at gmail.com. And the ultimate goal guys is, I don't know if this happens in three years or five years yeah. or one yeah. year, but you will begin to see different versions of a website. Like the brand will know enough information about you when you log in that it will start curating and personalizing the website because you shouldn't be looking at a million things. And I always say this analogy, yep. uh, but I truly believe it. Shopping for clothes right now seems like the remote control days, right? When you had to log in and you say, oh my God, I don't know what I want. I'm scrolling through a thousand channels. It's like shop all dresses, right. you know, whatever. It's just like a lot of stuff, right? right. Um, whereas shopping of the future will look much more like Netflix. You log into a site, it knows who you are, it knows your preferences or knows the preferences of people like you. If you think about the consumer today, that's what they're used to. That's why Netflix is so addictive because you log in for five minutes, you're already watching something you didn't even know you liked five minutes ago and it's four hours later um, and you're sucked in and addicted to that show. And that's what we want to do through our technology. Yeah. I think what is really, you touched on something there too, that we've been seeing a lot with Amazon and Google, especially when you're shopping and you're in the mindset of, I know what I'm looking for. I'm, I need a red dress for a wedding. And right now that is a terrible experience because Google's not doing it right. Amazon's not doing it right. It's you're, you're on your own. It's like you're in the wild shopping. And what I think is so. Especially across brands, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So not only are you able to, even with the brands that you have right now, 
not only are you able to be able to purchase something with confidence, but you know that that's the best looking piece for your body and you have this data to back it up, um, which is, yeah. will change our shopping experience entirely. Yeah, and people just want time back in their hands, right? Like, I, it's as simple as that if you look at just which companies have really changed the game in their respective industries. It's really about serving that customer, giving that customer what they want, when they want, giving them time back in their hands. I talked to, I was at a wedding and, you know, three of the women around the table all ordered a, uh, a service, which I won't name, and they were all complaining that, the fit wasn't right, right? Right. And if had they known before, they would have not ordered it. But when that wedding is Saturday, that wedding isn't going to extend because you don't have a great fitting dress, right? right. Uh, and it's that coming. dress arrives in the mail on Friday. It's a nerve wracking experience for a lot of women shoppers, mm-hmm. right? Because they don't know if it's going to look and fit, fit well and hug their bodies. And so having information and recommendation tools in a predictive way it's only going to make their lives easier, save them time and give them more satisfaction. And you also have the discovery element too. I mean, that being able to know that maybe I, I'm familiar with, you know, Express or the Gap, but to be able to discover other brands that you're bringing into this with FitMatch too, I think that unlocks something entirely new where I, I could discover a brand who has a, a product that's 97% you know, fit to my body is, is really incredible. Well, and that's the important, I think that's the important point here. And I think that's something that what, what Hanif, you're, what you're talking about. And I want to, I want to key on this for the audience, because I think it's what a lot of people that are new to e-commerce don't understand, especially if they have a legacy retail background, you know, legacy retail bricks and mortar background, your job is to curate. You have only so much space you can put inside of four walls. So you're going to pick the products that you best think those four walls. And a lot of times when people go into a website and they have that experience you have, which is like, there's so much here, their first initial intuitive response is to say, well, let me cut all that back. Let me shave back assortment. And that is wrong. The right answer is actually no. How do you get as much of the right content for your consumer as possible and personalize your experience in such a way so that every website experience is different for each individual person? That's where we're headed. I think your Netflix analogy is great. I have to ask you this, and then we'll play our, our game, how millennial are you? How, how important, how vital is, uh, you know, you talked about, you know, you can get really small with what these physical installations look like. How important is the physical installation to doing or to accomplishing what you're trying to, or do you envision this, you know, being a service that you can do at home as well? Talk to us about that. How do you see that playing out? Yeah, so one of the things about being a tech company is that you have, um, my God, we have so many ideas. We have so <laughs> many products that we want to roll out. Um, we can actually roll out products within the four walls, right? That's what a lot of people don't understand. Like, once you have that, like, ecosystem in those four walls, we can beta test so many things right. as well. And we're, we're, we're actually are beta testing a few different technologies within the four walls now um, or in the next few weeks. Um, and so, uh, there is, um, the ability, if we're talking strictly about the measurement point, you know, uh, LIDAR, LIDAR is coming out and we believe that will, um, help, um, make things much more accurate in the depth sensor world, um, as, as well. But one of the things that we saw, um, to be honest, Chris, is two, two issues, um, that we're solving for the okay. user experience, right? 
if Anne comes in and she does this, um, she wants to do it once, right? This is what we mm-hmm. see. She doesn't want to uh, a clunky app that doesn't give her the exact experience she wants. She wants to assign five to 10 minutes, get this done and have all the benefits after. That's super important. So user experience and consistency in the data is super key. Right. Um, and so as we build, um, we ask customers questions all the time, like how can we get better? How can we get faster? How, how can we become more seamless? And every time it comes back to user experience. And right now we have a product that works. Um, and so um, as we start rolling out new features, we wanna keep the same level of consistency, accuracy, um, and obviously, um, um, high um, engagement. Um, when we did this in Houston, our net promoter scores were 90%. Um, 80% of the women, uh, four out of five women who walked in agreed to get pitched. And that's something we don't want to go back on. That's already a high enough mark. Right. Um, we don't want to uh, go back on that. And so as we roll out new products and as we look to do this in more streamlined ways, we want to make sure that we keep both the user experience up and the accuracy of the data um, um, and have high integrity as well. Got it. So the short term, really perfect what it is that you've got going and then keep kind of the eye open on where other opportunities might be down the road. And and Hanif, is yeah, it? If Anne does this, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, is it like in my mind and when the, when the article came out about, about you guys partnering with Brookfield, it's like going to the TSA where I'm just like standing in a vestibule <laughs> and getting scanned. Can you tell us what it's like, or do we have to go experience it for ourselves? Uh, well, both, right? I'll <laughs> yes, tell yes. You, I'll tell you, you have to go experience it. And of yes. course, as you know, we're, we're launching these around the country um, soon. So we'll be hopefully um, near you um, in a short order. Um, but it, 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 yeah, you could argue that, you know, there's some level of association with the TSA, but it's completely different. Um, it's fun. You know, you come in, it's like an experience. You're looking forward to it. Um, it's only 10 seconds. Um, you stand still. Um, you go in, it's private um, and it's interactive. And what, the, what we see as to why 80% of people actually who don't know what it is sometimes come in and agree to do this is they love the instant gratification. They love the fact that they can do this and immediately they get data back to them. That's useful. A lot of them say, well, I didn't know this about myself or I didn't know I was this or that. And we give them comparative tools that they can understand why they have fit challenges. Cause that's another issue. A lot of people don't know why they have fit challenges. So a big part of that is that, and then the second part is the value exchange. Like a lot of, a lot of them have to see that, look, if I give this app right. this data, or if I do this for three minutes, it's worth it, right? And so those two things around um, both the value exchange, um, um, as well as the, you know, providing the right um, user experience and tools, et cetera, uh, really makes, um, you know, what we're doing really resonate with that, with that end consumer. And Hanif, what retailers are signed up for this right now? So you've mentioned a number of retail partners. Are there any that you can talk about publicly? Yeah. So on our platform today, you'll see a, a super eclectic mix of brands um, that we're adding to over time. Um, so brands as large as Under Armour, mm. um, as large as Express, brands that have both 
um, an omni like an offline and an online presence so that we can do some of the different user experiences that I was mentioning, um, as well as smaller brands um, or, or more local brands, hmm. um, especially in Chicago, we want to launch a good group of local brands. We want to be supportive. It's not about um, only serving uh, big, you know, multi-billion dollar brands. This is about providing a universal experience for shoppers who may want their favorite Chicago brands on the platform as well. So we have an eclectic mix and we want to keep it that way. Very interesting. And if I know my partner, she's probably already wanting to talk to you about that last point a lot more when you talk about local brands and helping them out. Cause that's very much in our wheelhouse and our ethos. So well, man, that was, that was awesome. Um, and are, are you, I think, I think it's time. I think we got to, I think we transition here. I think we put him on the hot seat. He's handled himself. I'm, ner I'm nervous. What do you think? Oh no, don't be nervous. It'll be fun. Plus you already know a lot of the future. So I'm sure you're going to do really well in how millennial are you? And you're more, way more millennial than us already. Yes, so. for sure. All right, Hanif. The first question is you're going to pay for something We'll say you're at the grocery store. Are you pulling out a credit card or are you using mobile payment? Ooh, um, I'm still a credit card person, um, but I do the credit card capped. Does that make me more millennial? That's yeah, like a that's bit. like a that's like a medium plus. Yeah, makes you more European. Right. I think that's more yes. of a European practice than a generational thing. Yeah, interesting. The guy that the guy who's specializing in in. 3D body scans is still using the credit card. <laughs> right. All right. We'll see how that plays at the office. All right. All right. Uh, the next one in the last week, how many times have you ordered food or drinks from an app? In the last week, about four times. Okay. Well, Good. well, as a family, so my wife orders everything online. So uh, okay. she's bringing me along here as well. Okay. All right. So collectively, yes, I would say that that gets millennial status, that answer to that question. Oh, we've heard um, zero before. So yeah, yes. four, four is a good, that's a solid answer for sure. Uh, do you have any favorites? What are your go-tos? Um, for every, Well, we have a local sort of restaurant here that we order um, uh, to go um frequently so we just get the app it's just pretty easy to do it yeah nice. um and gro grocery grocery we're you know pretty big on grocery right now Especially um now. just using to go absolutely target etc absolutely uh all right last question if you could only use one social platform which one would you choose and why wow all right this one is easy uh instagram um I, I find it super engaging. Um, I feel, uh, you know, a lot of my friends use it um, to communicate. Sometimes I don't even have to call them. I sort of just know they're, what they're going through. Um, and I just find, I find it super easy and visual as well and, you know, all that stuff. So I, I, I would say Instagram. I think, I think that qualifies. Now I'm just waiting for my Fitched ID to be attached to my Instagram shopping profile. So if you there can you work go. on, if you can work on that, Hanif, uh, then we'll for sure give you free and clear millennial status. Thank you for playing. Yeah. Yeah. If we ever had a guest that I thought was going to pick Instagram, this was definitely the one. I thought that, that, was, that, was, that was, that was, I had like a hundred percent confidence Instagram was coming out of his mouth on that one. Maybe, maybe I'm not, but Instagram for sure. 
Well, hey, man, that was great. I got two questions for you as we close this up. One, if people want to get fitched, where can they actually go right now to do that? So I know you said Miami. It sounded like Chicago. Is it Houston? Uh, is, are those the yeah. locations right now? So currently right now, uh, we're only in Chicago. Um, okay. We will be announcing some uh, further cities in uh, the short order. Okay, awesome, awesome. And if people found this conversation interesting, especially anyone you know, in a similar space or you know, uh, retailers, brands, what have you, if they want to learn more from you, like what's the best way for them to get in contact with you or FitMatch? Yeah, for FitMatch, it's shopfitmatch.com. Um, we post a lot of our updates um, there in terms of next steps, news, articles, blogs. Um, and then for me, um, my LinkedIn is probably um, where it's best to just shoot me a note. I'm super responsive. Um, it's Kenny, H-A-N-I-F-F, Brown, B-R-O-W-N. Awesome. And he is. I'll test, I'll test to that. That's how we got uh, connected as well. So, again, thanks so much for being on the show today. Hanif Brown, founder and CEO of FitMatch. As always, to everyone listening out there, be careful.